0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins.
1: Welcome. Thanks for joining us and making Washington Watch a part of your day. Well, coming up on this Tuesday edition, it is official, President Biden will seek a second term.
2: When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead we have more freedom or less freedom. More rights are fewer.
1: I could not agree more, but his administration's record is the record of an administration whose policies are eroding those foundational freedoms. We're going to talk about it. As the debt ceiling inches closer and closer, President Biden refuses to negotiate with Republicans.
3: We have challenges around this country, around the world. He needs to show leadership and come to the negotiating table instead of put us in default. This is risky what he's doing. That
1: was House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Fox Sunday Morning Futures. Instead of negotiating, President Biden continues to be dismissive of Republican concerns.
2: This time, they're saying if they get their way, they will let the, if they don't get their way, if Biden doesn't agree with them and agree to all the cuts and know these, and these tax increases for others, working people, they're going to let the country default on its debt.
1: That was the president earlier this afternoon. We're going to talk about it with North Carolina Congressman Dan Bishop. Also,
4: holding hostage nearly the entire military leadership of the United States of America at a time when we are facing military threats around the
5: world and our allies are literally engaged in war in Europe
1: is dangerous. It is reckless and it needs to stop
6: right now.
1: That was Senator Elizabeth Warpath Warren claiming the efforts of Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville, who is opposing the Department of Defense's efforts to expand abortion, which their new policy that they've just unilaterally put in place would expand abortion by 200 percent. She's claiming that's a threat to national security. Really? Well, if that is the case, I mean, here's how they can resolve it overnight. Simply go back to the previous policy where taxpayer-funded abortion for any reason was not a part of the military. Senator Tuberville joins us a little bit later. And do you know what a SAGE-CON is? If you've been listening for a while, you've probably heard that term. What is it, and what motivates SAGE-CONs? Well, George Barna, Senior Research Fellow for the Center for Biblical Worldview here at the Family Research Council, will join me in studio to answer those questions and also... Tell us about his latest research on millennials. And I hope you're making your plans now to join us here in Washington, D.C. for the Prevote Stand Summit September the 15th through the 17th. If you want more information, well, stick around because we're going to be joined by Brent Kylan, FRC Actions Vice President. He's going to be here a little bit later in the program with the details of this year's Prevote Stand Summit. Our word for today comes from Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 4 through 6. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come alive. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Well, that's a well-known story of Ezekiel and the dry bones, but don't miss this. Look where the new life came from, the life-giving, miracle-working power in God's authorized, declared word. Just follow the progression here. It's hear the word of the Lord, find wholeness, then breath or life enters. It all begins with the word of the Lord. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org. bible The debt ceiling negotiations are the talk of Washington this week as Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy looks to pass legislation to raise the debt ceiling either by one point five trillion dollars or through March of next year, while also cutting some of the spending proposed in President Biden's budget. Though the bill known as the Limit Save Grow Act of 2023 will save more than four trillion dollars, it will not reduce our growing national debt. But Will it put us on a better path? Joining me now to discuss this and more, Congressman Dan Bishop. He serves on the House Homeland Security Committee and the House Judiciary Committee. He represents the 8th Congressional District of North Carolina. Congressman Bishop, welcome back to the program.
7: Hi, Tony. I'm glad to have a chance to talk about this important piece of legislation with you. Well, jump right in. And uh, I know that the the speakers actually garnered
1: the support of uh, the conservative element uh, seeing a pathway forward of cutting some spending and putting us on a sustainable path. Tell us about it.
7: Speaker McCarthy deserves real credit, uh, Tony. He's followed through on the uh, on what we agreed to in January and set out as as our guiding principles: limit, save, grow. So we've got uh, immediate uh, limits in in spending. It cuts the. 500 billion dollars for the uh, uh, student loan giveaway that Biden went uh, unauthorized and and uh, and, uh, purported to have done, uh, but saves uh, pulls back some money from COVID that has not been obligated. Uh, There are so a lot of very substantial immediate cuts. uh, There, uh, there, but the big financial piece that happens immediately is we're going to. Uh, we would bicamerally with this is agreed to with the Senate and the president. We would, um, return to fiscal year 2022 levels of discretionary spending. Uh, that'll be tough to do, but it's very, it, it, uh, it's viable. We need to cut woke and weaponized government. Uh, it will have that effect. And then we'll limit that increase, uh, over the next 10 years at 1% per year. Uh, you put all that together with. The grow part, so all these things, need we need to turn the fiscal ship of state, and uh, we'll do that. But the grow is to adopt the RAINS Act, which would uh, require Congress to approve major regulations before they go into effect, have this massive impact on the economy, and restore or or, expand, I guess, work requirements. For those who receive benefits in terms of SNAP of the food food stamps, or and all the way through to Medicaid, will have a positive uh, fiscal effects. It'll also be good for people uh, who who need a hand up, not a handout. So uh, that that's the that's the package, and it sets the uh, opens the the door on a negotiation. As you see, you played the clip. uh, President Biden and Chuck Schumer have been uh, trying to say. Just let us keep recklessly spending on a on a uniparty basis. You know that's what's that's what's led us to this point. We have are hitting the debt ceiling because Democrats spent trillions of dollars on a party line basis. Party line basis, and uh, and that we so we have to the debt limit has to expand in order to keep things from going kaflui, But it doesn't mean we have to keep spending the same way or keep uh, having the same undisciplined lunatic, unsustainable approach to, to fiscal policy. And so uh, Speaker McCarthy is doing the responsible thing. I'm very pleased to see that 218 Republicans will pass this on the floor of the House. They said we couldn't get it done. We will get it done. And then it'll be time to come to an agreement across both chambers and with the president of the United States uh, to uh, to turn the fiscal ship of state uh, in, in a positive direction for a change.
1: So let me make sure I understand this, uh, Congressman Bishop. So you know going back to the pre covid spending levels basically what happened during covid we 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 allocated we should say we government allocated trillions of dollars of spending to address that quote unquote crisis but then they've just absorbed that into the baseline spending so it's like you're uh, in your family budget you get an emergency loan and you factor that into your 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 family budget over and over but you don't have that money
7: and keep spending at unprecedented levels. That's exactly right, Tony. And if, and if people are listening carefully out there, they'll say, wait a minute, I thought COVID began in 2020. So why aren't you returning to 2019 levels? You've to remember that you've got in the discretionary spending, you got the, you got our national security military spending on the one hand. You also have all these other agencies. Most of the COVID spending, all this a significant amount of it probably is in the military too. But in term, but in, certainly most of it in the change of operations and massive permanent ex- expenditure plans or are these expansions that have occurred in the rest of of uh, bureaucracy. And so in order to get to a 2022 spending level, which is the deal, the military will continue to have enough to, to do what it needs to do for our national security and to continue to pursue new weapons programs and things like that. But really what it will result in is that uh, for the rest of the bureaucracy, they're going to have to return to pre-COVID spending levels. And why on earth not? Right. Uh, why should you, just because an emergency occurred, assume that we're going to have government stay bigger in all of our lives for the rest of history? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. That was never the plan. That was never discussed in either
1: chamber when that emergency funding was approved. In fact, it was to the contrary. So now they just use this as as a baseline. So, uh, Congressman Bishop, when do we expect a vote on uh, the Limit Save Grow Act?
7: So at least as of the weekend, my understanding was we hope to have a vote tomorrow on Wednesday. And I haven't heard different. Um, I think in any event, uh, everybody who's been involved here is is uh, certainly uh, of the mind that we need to do it this week we could let it slip to Thursday or even Friday if necessary, but I'm hopeful that we have everybody on board. There's no last-minute uh, second uh, or uh, uh, you know questions coming up. Right. But uh, I would say either tomorrow or Thursday.
1: Well, if you get the votes, the sooner the better. Uh, you, don't want, you, don't want to, you don't want to wait around. I always switch gears. The president this morning announcing he is running uh, for reelection. I want to play a clip from his. Um, announcement video of what he had to say today. Clip number four, please.
2: MAGA extremists are lying up to take on those bedrock freedoms, cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy, dictating what health care decisions women can make, banning books and telling people who they can love, all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote.
7: Sounds like a dog whistle to me. Uh, your reaction? Most divisive... Uh, Animosity creating president, I think we've, I've ever seen in my life and one that is so incompetent. We have that you couldn't figure that anybody could trump the incompetence of Jimmy Carter, but he's done it. You know, he always wants to use that phrase that MAGA extremists everywhere. Um, Chip Roy had a good line in an op-ed today that, uh, in the spending bill that we we're talking about, we'd like to take Uh, spending for fiscal year 24 to about the level that MAGA extremist Barack Obama projected back in his presidency. And he wasn't under, he didn't believe in underspending, but, uh, I tell you, this, this particular president has been a sad story for the United States. We're exposed to so many weaknesses in consequence of it abroad. Uh, we have, uh, you know, debilitating damage and in terms of inflation and other problems in our economy. It's time to turn a page, but, uh, he'll do what he's going to do, I guess. Uh, Congressman, we just have about 20 seconds left, but he repeats this claim
1: that Republicans want to cut Social Security.
7: He, he, it's amazing. I saw the same thing in, in his video. It's it, it just a blatant, brazen lie that uh, it has been the opposite of what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, that
1: every Republican in every position of leadership has said that is absolutely false. We're going to protect Social Security. We're going to protect Correct. Medicare. This is about the expanded spending that has taken
7: place over the last four years uh, It's that woke and weaponized bureaucracy that wants to take away those rights that he says he wants to preserve. So yeah, it's we'll,
1: amazing to me that they can t- how, how blatant they are in lying. I mean, it's so blatant. it's, it's in, unbelievable. Congressman Dan Bishop, always great to see you. Thanks so much for taking time to join
7: us today. Thanks, Tony. Good to be with you.
1: I mean, it really is. I mean, these are just bold-faced lies. All right, coming up next, Senator Tommy Tuberville joins us. Uh, you've uh, many of you have signed a um, petition supporting him and his bold stand to to get the military to back away from their pro-abortion position. Well, he joins us next. Don't go away.
0: Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirton's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org strongandcourageous. Again, that's FRC.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. President Biden leads the most pro-abortion administration in our country's history. Now, I, I didn't think anybody could top Barack Obama, but I was wrong. The Biden administration has sought any and all avenues possible to advance its agenda promoting abortion on demand until birth at taxpayers' expense. They're even willing to violate federal law by using RVA hospitals to fund abortions at taxpayer expense. But as I've discussed on this program, Senator Tommy Tuberville continues to fight to protect unborn babies through his hold on all military general and flag officer nominations on the Senate floor. Now it doesn't stop him completely; just makes him go through regular order and have to vote on each one of them. And he said he'll stand firm until the Biden administration's Department of Defense reverses this policy that it unilaterally put into place on abortion. Join me now to discuss this and more, Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama. He serves on four Senate committees, including the Senate Armed Services Committee and the Senate Committee on Veteran Affairs. Uh, Coach, welcome back to Washington Watch.
6: Hey, Tony, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. I watched you on the Senate floor just a little bit ago as Senator Elizabeth Warren said you're putting the nation's military at risk because you won't go along with the new policy that the Department of Defense has as it pertains to abortion.
6: Well, Tony, as you well know, this White House, uh, they're dictating now from from um, their purview. Uh, they're turning into Canada and a lot of the European countries and one single leader uh don't worry about going through congress don't don't worry about uh you know going through proper order uh, they just push things on the american people you can't force taxpayers to pay for abortion that's a law been a long, law a long time now also a policy in the Military is, you know, they've had abortions for rape, incest and, and health care of the mom, you know, for years and years. And they've had a couple of dozen a year. It's worked pretty good. Nobody's complained about it because of the Dobbs situation. All this, We're going to do as much as we possibly can. So now they're allowing uh, uh, abortions at any time in the military for any reason. Uh, also, their dependents, uh, they'll fly them anywhere they want to go. They'll pay them for three weeks. And who's paying for it? The taxpayer is. Well, Hyde Amendment says that's against the law. But these people don't worry about the law Uh, that, you know, they're dictating uh, from the White House and and we're going to stop them. So I got a hold on their admirals and generals. And it is what it is. Uh, You know, they're all complaining. But, uh, you know, we're going to hold our ground.
1: it, It could change overnight, Senator. All they have to do is go back to the previous policy and and say we're not going to force taxpayers to be in the abortion funding business. And that's what you're asking for. And, and I've got to tell you this. Our viewers and our listeners, they support what you're doing. We, I think you saw these last week. We delivered over 25,000 petitions supporting you for the stand that you're taking. What is it with the military that they don't get it? They're the ones that moved in this direction that is causing this reaction from pro-life members of the Senate?
6: Well, it's not really about the military, guys, and it's not about the VA. It's about them controlling our country and doing what they want to do. And uh, the Supreme Court kicked them and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to throw the abortion uh, policy down to the states and let everybody vote on it, which way it should be. And so they got the federal government out of it. Well, they don't want the federal government to be out of it. So they're circumventing every rule they possibly can. Uh, they said, what, what can we do? How can we give more and more abortions? How can we make the taxpayers pay for it? Well, let's look at this. Let the VA, we can do that. Although, you know, 30 years ago, the Democrats and Joe Biden passed a bill that the VA could not do abortions. And now the, uh, you know, the military, you know, they've got abortions. There's been no problem, you know, for those three exceptions. But now they want to just circumvent that and go around it. Right. They want to control everything that we're doing in this country. They have the power. Uh, but now I have the power. One senator has got the power to put a hold on anything, and they are panicking. They don't know what to do. Uh, but I can give them one thing to do, go back to the old policy, exactly and, right. and we'll do a lot of decisions. It, yeah. can,
1: it can be solved overnight. So just to put some numbers on this for the benefit of our viewers and listeners, the, the military, based upon the, the information that they provided, Roughly, and you made reference, about 20 abortions per year uh, have been performed historically in the nation's military. Under this policy, it's estimated that number will grow to over 4,000. That's uh, over 200 times the number of abortions that would be performed under this policy. This isn't parity. This is expansion. And to the point that you are putting, uh, in fact, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Chuck Schumer has said this is unprecedented, but this isn't the first time that there have been holds on military promotions.
6: You're exactly right. And, you know, Tammy Duckworth, a senator from, I guess, Illinois, she uh, put a hold on a thousand nominees just to try to get that what was named Colonel Vindman a, a promotion. You know, the the. Uh, uh, whatever you call him, the guy that spoke out against President Trump, and she held up all promotions. So, uh, listen, you know, they've called me every name in the book, and I told them, listen, I coached college football for 40 years. I've, I've already been called everything. That doesn't bother <laughs> me. I'm doing the work for the American people. Uh, the American people in the Constitution, uh, you know, backs the laws, says that uh, the Hyde Amendment says taxpayer money cannot be used for abortion. Done deal. Game, set, match.
1: So, Senator, question for you. How can our folks be of help to you?
6: Well, call your congressman, write a letter to your congressman, your senators, uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat. Uh, you know, Mike Lee and I have been standing up, J.D. Vance. We need more and more people to to step up, on, uh, especially on the Republican side. You know, if we're going to be pro-life, let's be pro-life. You know, you can't ride the fence. And, uh, you know, I came up here to represent the people of Alabama. Um, they believe in pro-life. So do I. And that's what we're going to stand up for. And so uh, this is all about getting reelected. I'm, I've been up here two years, and that's all people try to do is get reelected. They like power. They like the prestige of all this. Hey, we're working for the people. We're not up here for us. And so, uh, yeah, do anything you can to your congressman, your senator. Write him a letter. Tell them support, you know, us trying to block this to make sure that they go back to the old policy.
1: All right. Senator, always great to see you. Thanks so much for taking time to join us. And again, we thank you, uh, Coach, for your stand there on the, the Senate floor on behalf of the, not only the sanctity of human life, but also the Constitution and, uh, and how the system is supposed to work. All
6: right, Tony. thank you. God bless.
1: All right, Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama. So you heard him. We need to contact uh, your senator, uh, your two senators, and encourage them to stand with him on this issue. It's not just about the unborn, and that's important. That's the the top issue. But it's also the fact that you have the Department of Defense just writing policy, overriding Congress. All right, coming up, a preview of this year's Pray Vote Stand Summit. Brent Kylan joins me here in the studio. Don't go away.
8: Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion.
9: Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org slash worldview. Again, go to frc.org slash worldview.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. And if you would like to call the Senate switchboard and talk to your senators, that number is 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. That's the Capitol switchboard. And you can ask to speak to your senators. Tell them what state you're from. You'd like to speak with your senators. And then encourage them to stand with Senator Tuberville as he stands for the unborn. And uh, I guess, again... All of the arguments about how he's putting national security at risk and uh, this is slowing down promotions and all of this. Hey, he, he's not the one doing that. It's the Department of Defense that has adopted this policy contrary to existing federal law. It could go away overnight if they simply go back to the existing pre-existing policy. All right. This fall. It's, and it'll be here before you know it. I know summer is just about upon us, but I tell you what, time sure flies. September 15th through the 17th, the Family Research Council and FRC Action are pleased to host the Pray Vote Stand Summit at the Omni Shoreham Hotel here in Washington, D.C. Uh, we'll have a number of uh, special guests. Uh, in fact, we've got uh, one of our keynote sponsors Is uh, real life, Pastor Jack Hibbs, and uh, many more. In fact, here to tell us all about it is Brent Kylan. He is the vice president of FRC Action. Brent, welcome back to Washington Watch.
7: Thanks,
5: Tony. Good to be with you.
1: All right, the place
5: to be September 15th through the 17th is Washington, D.C., that's right. That's right. Tony, uh, super excited about the event this year. You know, we do this every year, our our biggest event of the year. But, yeah, our, our Pray Vote Stand Summit and maybe we'll getting into some really exciting topics. Well, we're
1: back in Washington after, you know, COVID chased mm-hmm. us out. And we were uh, on the road a little bit for a couple of years. Uh, we're back at our old uh, kind of old place there at Omni Shoreham Hotel. So, if you've been there before, you'll be very comfortable there. And uh, we're expecting folks all across the country. Tell us about some of our
5: sponsors. Tony, we have a great uh, lineup of groups that are partnering with us. You mentioned Jack Hibbs Group, Real Life Network there, um, AFA Action, American Family, great partners. They're with us again. We have Truth and Liberty Coalition, Evangelism Explosion, um, a lot of like minded groups who really share the vision. Behind uh, this event, you know, I, I would say if if you uh, want to impact America's future and you want to do that from the perspective of a biblical worldview, yeah. this event is for you. And these are groups that are getting behind that vision. Really? Yeah. Really and
1: it's ex- I'm excited this year to have, as you mentioned, Evangelism Explosion. EE is going to be one of our key sponsors. And uh, it, it really shows the breadth of what we're doing here with. We're going to talk about this coming up with uh, with George Barnum in just a moment, the, the sage cons. But. These are the spiritually active, governance-engaged conservatives. And so we cover the spectrum. Uh, There's the the spiritual Mm -hmm. combination of what
5: brings us to this point of engagement. So all of these issues are going to be covered. Talk about some of the topics. Absolutely. Tony, we're going to talk a lot about uh, a lot of those issues that are cultural issues, you know, hot-button issues you're hearing a lot about in the news you know, life. Uh, what do we do on that in a post uh, row world? That's, there's a lot right. of talk about that right now.
1: And, and I, I, well, let me just stop you right there. It's going to be very important, folks, to have a, a very strong presence here in Washington, D.C., in communicating to these lawmakers that this is still an issue. Don't mm-hmm. run from that's it. Right. Don't delegate it to the states. Yes, the states have a role in it, but so does the federal government. So does Congress.
5: That's right. That's right. Huge. Huge, like you're saying, Tony, that we are making our voices heard on that. We're going to be talking about um, education, still a huge yeah. issue. You know, how do we really take steps to to save the next generation? So when you
1: talk about talking case. about, we're going to have a lot of panels w- mm-hmm. of instruction. So you're going to go away not only informed but equipped, and you're going to be motivated to make a difference. So it's it's really more of an engagement.
5: It's not just some place to come and be a spectator. You will be a participant. Absolutely. Absolutely. We want to talk about some of those spiritual foundational elements you were talking about, but also not just know these inside of our head. We want to equip you to go out in your community, your sphere of influence, make a difference. And, Tony, you were talking about the Sage Cons. Um, This is uh, an opportunity to come and be part of that community. You know, uh, one of my favorite parts about the event every year is hearing from these people who participate, and they're like, I did not realize there are that many right, people right. across the nation. Well, because
1: because they don't hear it in the media increasingly yes. and we're going to I'm going to talk about that in just a moment with George Barna, but I'll let people get a jump on this. If you are not sure if you're a Sagecon, I have a way for you to find out. You can simply text the word Sagecon. That's S A G E C O N to 67742. And uh, you've got a quick survey; you can take it, and it'll tell you whether or not you're a a sage uh... The transgender issue—that's going to be one of the topics that's talked about.
5: Those that have been working on this issue, uh, from a medical standpoint, from a policy standpoint, as well. Yes, we'll be talking about that issue. You know, the the women's sports issue has become big. You know, the whole woke agenda. You know, it seems like every day we hear something new about that. We're going to be talking about that. You know, ways we can make a difference in uh, on that front as well. So. How can people find out more? well, if you go to uh, prayvotestand dot org you can find all of the the registration information there as you mentioned it's it 's mid september and i 'll also note Tony, uh, we do have an early bird registration discount for those folks who are interested in that. that ends in several weeks, so if you'd like to get that, definitely check out the the dot org website and and get your information there
1: all right, Brent Kylan, always great to see you. thanks so much for uh, stopping and keep me posted on the PrayVoteStan so Appreciate it, Tony. Thanks. All right. Folks, check out the website, stand.org, or you can also go to TonyPerkins.com, and as always, follow those links over. But take the SAGECON survey. Text the word SAGECON, S-A-G-E-C-O-N, to 67742. All right, when we come back, George is going to stop in here in the studio, and, and he's really the one that originated the term SAGECON. What's the history behind it? What does it mean? And um, what is SageCon's looking for? What motivates them? We're going to talk about that, as well as his new book on millennial. That's coming right up, so don't go away.
9: Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to prayvotestand.org. Again, that's prayvotestand.org.
0: Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to
9: 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free factual news stories, and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged. Be in the know. And stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com.
1: Welcome back, folks, to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us. Be sure to check out the website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, mentioned this yesterday, May the 4th. That's a week from this coming Thursday. We have a facility in uh, in Baton Rouge that we have uh, constructed. It's it's for studios. We're going to be we've got some exciting stuff coming in the future. I'll talk about that uh, in, in the future. But we also have a chapel, the Faith and Freedom Chapel, and we'll be hosting not only a dedication of that facility, but a National Day of Prayer event on Thursday, May the fourth, beginning at 6 p.m. If you would like to be a part of that, and you live in the Baton Rouge area. Well, just text the word prayer to six, seven, seven, four, two. That's the word prayer to six, seven, seven, four, two. Love to have you there. All right. As we were talking with Brent Kylan, talking about sage cons. Well, what is a sage con? where did that term come from? What motivates a sage con? Well, here to tell us all about it is the sage behind sage con, Dr. George Marna. George, welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks, Tony. Love being with you. All right. So we go back about uh, 10 years to where we were, were trying to work through this term evangelical, which had become like silly putty. I mean, it meant different things to different people. The media was using it oftentimes as a pejorative, uh, but it really didn't mean anything. And for you in particular, uh, as you look at You know, an evangelical should mean something. It should mean that you believe the Bible, that you're saved by faith through grace. Um, But that wasn't what it was meaning anymore, the self-described evangelical. So we look for another term, and that term is? Sage God. All right, there it is. So tell us about
3: it. Yeah, you know, just in playing around with the data, I was trying to look at different segments in the voting population, particularly for people of faith. And one of the things that popped out of the information was that there is a group of people who are driven by their faith. But because of their faith, they're driven to be involved in politics.
1: So they don't they're not here because they like politics.
3: No, no. So So
1: I'm one of them. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not here because I like politics. I'm here because of my faith.
3: And it compels me to address the issues around me. Yeah, the whole idea behind it is because I'm a follower of Christ. I'm called to be involved in every aspect of life, whether I like it or not, because if I love him, I've got to love people. And if I want to love people, I have to be involved everywhere people are. Right. So that's politics as well as a lot of other areas, education, business, uh, you name
1: it. So when we talk about sage guns, they're, they're culturally engaged. It's not politics is just one sector of that engagement. That's one thing. example of it mean, their, they're they're, yeah. the, they're at the local homeless shelter. They're working with, uh, you know, single moms who have kids. So whatever the need may be
3: and they're they're inclined toward they're engaged. And again, the thing that drives it is their faith. They're right. trying to figure how can I take biblical truth into any situation that needs biblical truth. Right. No matter what it is. And they recognize they're not experts in all these areas, but they are God's servants. And so they're looking for those opportunities to represent him well.
1: So that represents that uh, SAGECON population, about 9% of the adult population?
3: Yes, and it's a very significant group. You know, some people say, oh, only 9%. But you have to remember that when you look at the movements that have changed our culture over the last 50 years, many of them have had... 1%, 2%, 4%. One percent, two percent, four percent, so nine percent can do a lot of damage if you will so so would you say that this nine percent
1: is maybe kind of the 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 core of the what's
3: been labeled the evangelical block in this country I would say it's it's the core of bible believing Christians in America who don't want to just sit and tell other people what to do, but they want to make things happen. They have real ideas about how the world can change for the better, and they're going to pour themselves into it.
1: So 9% of the uh, adult population, but they tend to be uh, uh, higher in representation when it comes to the engagement. They were, if I'm not mistaken, about 14% of the vote in, uh, in 2020. 2020, right. Um and then when you look at the percentage of the vote, they they they, they vote conservative, primarily. Uh, they were almost a third of
3: Donald Trump's overall vote. It, it was huge. In fact, ninety nine percent of SageCons turned out to vote. Is there another demographic that votes at
1: that level
3: of turnout? Uh, you know, Tony, I've been doing this uh, in politics for forty something years now. Been involved in a lot of national elections work for four presidential candidates. I've never seen anything like that. So it's unprecedented, but it's because, again, they feel that this is an urgent time. This is not a time to sit back. If right. you care about the country, if you care about the kingdom, you got to dig in.
1: So I, I, I'm sure that the those on the left don't know the term SAGECON, although they are learning as they watch the program here. But they do know this demographic, and this demographic concerns them because this was the demographic that, the media was repeatedly attacking during the Trump administration.
3: And they continue to do so because this group is not going away. Right. This is a group that feels it can't go away. It's compelled by their faith. Okay, so how, how, how are they discouraged? How can the left succeed in discouraging them and, and isolating them? Well, number one, by taking away all their freedom, not right. giving them the opportunity to communicate with each other, to communicate with the country. So that'd be like the deplatforming. Absolutely. I mean, the left is not stupid. They know Uh, what they're doing. Uh, You know, I don't agree with what they do. But I mean, they're, they're very strategic. Yeah. And they they do cooperate with each other. Okay. So if you have
1: this huge population that works together, not not necessarily coordinated, but they, they think alike, so they act alike. But they also, I mean, any movement like that has leaders. Whether formal or informal leaders, and so they look to particular people or voices that affirm and encourage them. Is that that, would you say? Absolutely. So, in your recent uh, data that you looked at, SageCons, you looked at who they look to in the media uh, for um, kind of trusted sources. Uh, And you know, I'm not going to talk about present company because we we were in that (laughs) list, but I want to go to those that were higher than me on the list, and in particular. One who's been in the news lately is uh, Tucker Carlson, and in fact, he was one of the few reasons that SageCons tuned into Fox
3: News. He was the magnet that drew them there because he speaks their language, he takes up their issues, and he has the courage that you need in this day and age to speak and about that, those things. That affirms them in their own personal convictions, does it not? Very much. And that's why he was number one on the list of all of those media personalities that we were evaluating. Uh, They said, yeah, this is a guy who we really feel we can consistently trust. So if you want to
1: discourage the sage cons out there, you try to make them feel isolated by taking away
3: the voices of those who speak messages that affirm them in their conviction. And he's not the only one that's happened to, but he's certainly the most high profile so
1: that shows that this is not by chance what we see happening with the deplatforming, with the canceling, and with the crushing, if you will, of these conservative
3: voices. As I say, they're very strategic in terms of what they're doing. It's not spontaneous. And it really isn't just about one particular thing that he said. Right. Uh, you right. know. I mean, this is about what he stands for and his willingness to tell the truth. Truth doesn't sell with the left. Yeah. So, folks, are you a
1: SAGECON? Uh, You can find out if you're a SAGECON very easy, Uh, uh, I think it's a 10-question survey, text the word SAGECON, that's S-A-G-E-C-O-N to 67742, that's 67742, you'll get a link, you take it and you'll almost immediately get a response back based upon the quiz or the survey that you take. Again, SAGECON, S-A-G-E-C-O-N. That stands for Spiritually Active, Governance Engaged, Conservative. So uh, I want to go back just for a moment to Tucker Carlson, Fox. I mean, Fox, in my view, has been trending leftward for the last uh, probably 10 years. I mean, they they, they they kicked O'Reilly to the curb, Clinton Beck to the curb, uh, Megyn Kelly, who had her own kind of conservative demographic, I was on her show all the time, kicked her to the curb now. Tucker Carlson, it's like every time a conservative voice rises to the top here and really is connecting, they, they boot them out. I would have to think that this is really going to hurt Fox
3: with SageCons. Well, it is. I mean, from our research, we know that SageCons don't just take this sitting down. One of the things that I would expect is that the audience of SageCons will be departing from Fox News, looking for other solutions. And so the kind of news that you're delivering, what you see on a couple of other networks, there are going to be more Sage Cons flocking there.
1: Yeah, I think Newsmax has actually popped up in our, our survey data that they're going to Newsmax, mm-hmm. and, and and folks, I'd encourage you to tune in. I'll be again, I'll be on uh, it was on this morning on Newsmax. will be on again tonight. Uh, but we need those sources, protected sources, where people can go and hear the truth, because it it does it, it does not only informs
3: but it encourages and leads to engagement and one of the things that's important for sage cons is to recognize they're not alone yeah and and to become part of that larger community of conservative christians who are being driven by their faith and to connect with other sage cons so any means possible that will do that is going to be to their advantage when you look at sage cons And you look at the state
1: of our nation and our culture. Really, the SAGE-CONs hold
3: the key to the future of this country. If you want to get to the White House, you've got to go through SAGE-CONs. You know, they have an extraordinary amount of power and influence for such a small group. But it's because they're not willing to back down. Their beliefs don't change. What they stand for is consistent, and they're willing to fight for it. We need to multiply that number. Amen.
1: So we need to increase the number of SageCon. So uh, folks, take the survey and be feel free to share that. Um, it'll it'll still be active after the program today. The word SageCon, S-A-G-E-C-O-N, to six seven seven four two, and share it with your family and friends. Have them take the survey as well. All right, George, I want to I want to transition here to another topic. You recently. Um, wrote a book more research. You do a lot of research. That's what I do. That's what you do. Uh, And I like to read research. Uh, This was on 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 millennials and you identified four areas of crisis in the lives
3: of millennials. Tell us about it. Well, one of those is that you find that 75% of millennials, which, by the way, we define as a group born between 1984 and 2002. So currently 21 to 39 years of age. Largest generation in America's history, our primary parenting generation, four biggest issues they're struggling with. Number one, uh, no sense of purpose in life. Seventy-five percent say, I don't know why I should get out of bed in the morning. Think about the impact of that on a family. Secondly, you've got a majority of them who admit that every day they're struggling with mental health issues, severe depression, anxiety, fear, these kinds of things. And what does that look like in reality? The highest suicide rate of any generation we've ever seen. Add to that a a third issue where they believe that relationships are vitally important. They want to be connected. They want to belong. They want to be part of a community. But they say it's not working. It's not happening. Now, part of that has to be traced back to their own selfishness, if you will, the narcissism of the generation where they believe that everything is about me. And if you want deep relationships, it can't all be about you. And fourthly, of course, that relates to their their other issue, which is their faith issue, their worldview. And we know that this is a generation among all adult generations that has the lowest incidence of biblical worldview. Don't all those other issues flow from that fourth issue? Absolutely. That is the foundation of it all. And so when you say, life is all about me, well, what are you denying? The existence and the the primary nature of God. Who gives us purpose and meaning. Uh, Everything that they're struggling with, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you even look at something like mental health, and some people say, well, you know, you can understand that because of the nature of the culture. No, 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 no. You have to look at this as a reality of, you've said there is no God, therefore I'm in control my goodness, I'd have depression and anxiety and fear if I believe that as well. So if you want to solve it, it's not a matter of getting the right medicine. It's a matter of getting the right theology. As As a society, we bear responsibility in this because we've
1: raised and are raising children with this idea that there is no God, that, you know, all right, if you want to do that, that's fine, do it on your own time, but here we don't allow that. And there's this marginalization of faith. And so the very thing that can provide the meaning and purpose to life, the strength for difficult times,
3: we're depriving children of. I mean, Tony, consider the fact that this is a generation, first time in America's history, where you have a larger proportion who are in the don'ts category, those who say they don't believe that God exists, they don't know if God exists, or they don't care if God exists. Forty percent compared to only 34 percent, Who believe in the God of Israel. We've never had anything like that previously. But then think about what that means for parenting this upcoming generation. You can only give what you have. And if they don't have a belief in God, they're certainly not going to pass that on to their children. And so the children are operating in a deficit position from day one.
1: There's so much work to be done by the church, and this is this is my story going back to being born into an unchurched home, of uh, being invited to a church for a vacation Bible school. Um, I know that sounds antiquated, but we have kids looking, you know, for purpose, and and we can't rely on the parents necessarily to get that truth to them. We this is an all hands on deck moment, every hand in the. And the kingdom of God needs to be at work.
3: And there's no time to lose. It's not going to get better if we sit back and and think about it, sit back and hope about it. We can pray, but we've also got to get actively involved.
1: There's a lot of work to be done. George Barna, uh, very quickly, we've got about 10 seconds. How can people get a copy of this work on the millennials?
3: Uh, It should be available at any bookstore. You can certainly go to Amazon. You can go to culturalresearchcenter.com. We have it there as well. All right,
1: George Barna always great to see you. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for being here.
3: And folks, you can also find how to get a copy at
1: TonyPerkins.com and take the SageCon survey. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing.
0: 372-7234. That's one 372
6: 7234